Welcome to the Five Smooth Stones podcast with Daniel Watts, the director of the EGM Institute. Thanks for joining us for this week's Five Smooth Stones podcast. When I was growing up, there were a few key phrases that were repeated often in our home. Things like, a place for everything and everything in its place. Clean your plate. If you take it, you eat it. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Children are to be seen and not heard. And a penny saved is a penny earned. Some some of these were probably passed down from generation to generation. Some I didn't agree with. And as I've grown older, I agree less and less with some of them. But however, they were repeated often, so often that they became a part of the family culture. These repeated little ditties were shared before dinner, at dinner, when we cleaned house, we had guests. They were repeated so many times that when I'm saying this, I can hear my mom and dad's voices intoning one of these pithy proverbs. My parents and theirs before them wanted the next generation to embrace the values woven into those sayings such as cleanliness not being wasteful, particularly regarding food, learning defense for others, or sorry, deference for others, personal discipline and thriftiness. In fact, I find my I found myself repeating some of these little pearls of wisdom in my own family, raising my own children. Repetition is a powerful tool, and it's one that's used in the Bible. And we find it in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 20 where Moses revisits a teaching that he had developed in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. His concern is for the children of Israel and their future, particularly their relationship with God. In this case, repetition was a literary tool, and it was used for emphasis. It wasn't accidental, but rather a way of emphasizing what he thought was very important. In Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 20, we find a nearly identical repetition of the earlier teaching in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. And you'll find a table in this week's blog that compares and contrasts the two passages. Like Deuteronomy 6, Moses' concern is with the children of Israel. In, In chapter 11, he elaborates on this concern. Over the coming five weeks, we will revisit the five principles that are repeated in this passage. This week, we will provide just an overview and note some of the similarities and differences. In both passages, the concern is for children and their future relationship with God. In Deuteronomy 6, Moses expresses his concern with the phrase, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord. In verse 2 of chapter 6, he urges the Israelites to obey the Lord so that they might increase greatly in the new promised land. Verse 3 of chapter 6, he then articulates principles that we've looked at in an exhaustive manner over the last many, many podcasts. The preamble in Deuteronomy 11 expresses similar concerns, but in more detail. Moses expresses his concerns more elaborately in three basic categories. The first is experience. In Deuteronomy 11, 1 through 7, 
he reminds the Israelites that their children were not alive to see the great miracles that God wrought to bring their grandparents out of slavery in Egypt. Those included the plagues in a conflict with Pharaoh in Deuteronomy 11.3, the parting of the Red Sea and the destruction of the Egyptian armed forces, Deuteronomy 11 verse 4, and the miraculous provision that God made for them in the wilderness with manna and quail in verse 5 of chapter 11, and the discipline meted out during the rebellion that's account, uh, recounted in Numbers 16. He's concerned that life with God be experienced anew by generations to come. The second concern he has is obedience. In Deuteronomy 11, 8 through 15, the next section, he repeats in more detail the earlier instruction to obey the Lord so that they might have the strength to take the promised land, in verse 8 of chapter 11, and experience his blessing on them in the land, verses 11, I mean, chapter 11, verses 9 through 12. He repeats the admonition to obey God's commands given by Moses so that God will provide rain, plentiful harvest, and what might be described as a kind of Garden of Eden life with God in verses 13 through 15 of chapter 11. Moses knows that obedience is crucial for the life coming generations. And then finally, his concern regarding idolatry. The preamble closes with a warning regarding idolatry. Moses warns the Israelites that they and their children will be enticed to worship other gods and turn away from Yahweh in verse 16 of chapter 11. If they succumb to that temptation, it will incur God's wrath, ruin their lives, and they will perish, he says in verse 17 of chapter 11. Moses is certain that idolatry will be a lurking temptation for children and the generations that follow. Those three areas of concern prompt Moses to repeat his earlier instructions regarding life-changing children's ministry. Before we examine those principles anew, we should pause and take, heart, take to heart the situation facing our children today. The same issues that troubled Moses remain. For many of us, our children are unaware of the amazing things that God's done that we've witnessed ourselves. I've experienced God's provision and miraculous activity over many years. While I was a firsthand witness and actually experienced the work of God, my children had yet to experience life with God for themselves. It's our responsibility to share our stories and encourage our children to have their own encounters with God that build their own faith, their own experience with Him, and their own memories with God. Similar, our children need to know that obeying God leads to a life filled with His presence and His blessing. Grace and mercy are needed in every hour of the day, and that grace has given us the opportunity to live the life that He intends for us. When our children experience the fruit of the Spirit and the transforming work of God in their own lives, they're empowered to follow Christ more consistently and live as He desires. 
Finally, and most apparent, are the current temptations our children face to give worship and allegiance to the gods of this world. Children face enormous temptations to idolize wealth, fitness, popularity, drugs, alcohol, a host of other aspects of the culture that promise blessings to those who swear allegiance. When children give in to those temptations, they're rewarded with narcissism, emptiness, and hedonism. This eventually leads to a life that resembles that of perishing. This sobering assessment of the situation could cause us to, should cause us to take careful note of the children's ministry instructions that follows. Those can be summarized in five principles stated earlier in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and repeated here in Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 20. The first is relationship. Love the Lord your God and keep his commandments, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always, in verse 1. And in verse 18, the beginning of the verse, fix these words of mine in your hearts and your minds. Transformational children's ministry is relational ministry. In a relationship, in in spending time with leaders, children experience for themselves the amazing love of Christ. They learn from a leader's example what it looks like to live with Jesus as Lord of every aspect of our life. The Holy Spirit works through those honest, caring relationships that ministry workers develop with children to bring life change and genuine transformation. The second principle is experience. When you sit at home, walk down the road, lie down and get up, he writes in verse 19 of chapter 11. Experience is a crucial element of the learning process, and experiential teaching helps connect biblical truth to a child's real life. Experiential teaching engages both the heart and the mind of boys and girls. The third principle, truth. Teach them to your children, he says in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. Children need to hear Bible truth, and they need to hear it repeatedly. The Word of God is more than a collection of stories, doctrines, and ideas. It's life-changing truth that teaches us who God is and who we are. The Bible is the handbook for living the life God intends for all children. Its truth stands at the core of a transformational children's ministry. The fourth principle, discussion. Talk about them when you sit at home, walk along the road, lie down, and get up, in verse 19 of chapter 11. Connecting the Word of God to the child's real life is essential to our being able to effectively minister to them. Transformational children's ministry means that the workers engage the children by talking about the truth of God's Word, and in that context, about the challenges they face at home and at school. Discussing what God's Word says about specific aspects and circumstances in their real life helps children understand the Bible and come closer to experiencing its relevance. And finally, response. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. In verse 18 and in verse 20, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Helping boys and girls respond to the truth revealed in God's Word is every teacher's goal. 
So transformational children's ministry makes sure that children are given the opportunity to respond to God's word. Putting into practice what they learn is the final crucial step on the path toward life transformation. When we keep on responding to God's truth, he changes us. In fact, he transforms us into the likeness of Christ. These five elements, relationship, experience, truth, discussion, and response, are the building blocks of a life-changing children's ministry. The Word of God comes alive for children and speaks into their real life in a fresh new way. In fact, thanks to these building blocks, many boys and girls experience the Bible's relevance for the first time. As we noted earlier, children today are living in difficult circumstances and the concerns that Moses expressed are our own today. When we incorporate these five principles into our ministry with children, we help them live the life that God intends for them, even in the face of challenging circumstances. Over the next five weeks, we'll examine each of these qualities, comparing and contrasting them with the Deuteronomy 6, 4-9 through 9 passage. I hope you'll join us. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Our next Five Smooth Stones podcast will be this same time next week. To learn more about life-changing children's ministry, check out the EGM Institute website at www.egminstitute.org.